Nobody in the history of the human race has known more what it means to start over than Adam and Eve did. Now, other people started over. Noah and his family started over after the flood. The generation of Israelites that decided not to go into the Holy Land at Kadesh Barnea, they started over under new circumstances and did a pretty poor job of it. But nobody in the history of the human race knows more about what it means to start over than Adam and Eve. None of the rest of us can possibly comprehend, try to picture these things, can possibly comprehend the difference between life before the fall and life after the fall. No human being can comprehend the difference between talking to God face to face in the garden and oh how they must have taken that for granted. But the difference between that and the distant relationship they had of necessity after the fall. Nobody can possibly comprehend, except for Adam and Eve, the difference between paradise and the cursed earth. Nobody can possibly comprehend the difference between one rule. Can you imagine living under one rule? That probably makes me, if I'm going to get angry at Adam and Eve, that's probably the one right there. One rule. But you know what? It's in all of our nature. By the way, let me make this clear. Every human being except Jesus Christ under the same circumstances would have done the same thing. That's why we're all cursed with Adam and Eve. If you ever let your mind go to the place of, I don't think it's fair that I'm cursed for their sin. You would have, the reason is you would have done the same thing. And so... God allowed the curse to be passed to all of us. There's not a one of us under those circumstances that would have, would have passed the test. But still, one rule. One rule versus all of the laws and rules and regulations now that we live under. And even they, right after the fall, they didn't have a written law, but they did have the knowledge of good and evil. They had no knowledge of good and evil before the fall. And there's no way that we can comprehend the difference, but they did. They knew the difference between before the fall and after the fall. Between talking to God face to face and the distant relationship. Between paradise and the cursed earth. I think there's, there were so many things in paradise that we'll never know, in the Garden of Eden, that we'll never know about until we get to heaven. <laughs> I think if God had described too much of it, we'd just get madder and madder at them, even though it's on us too. But they knew the difference. And even though they are most known for the fall, and always will be, we should also give thought to their, you ready for this? resilience 
I mean, they could have given up. Now, they didn't have any pattern, and I'm not trying to be funny here, but they didn't have any pattern of suicide. So it probably didn't even occur to them. But man, how many people in our day would have just said, you know what? I'm done. My life's over. It's not worth living. And they continued. Now, here's, here's where we're going tonight. If you're going to be successful in life, you're going to have to learn how to get good at bouncing back. At starting over. At rebounding. You say, well, oh, come on. That is an extreme. I know that's why it's such a good example, because you will never fall as far as they fell. And if they can rebound, you can rebound. I read an article, oh man, probably 20, maybe even 25 years ago, by an Olympic gold medal winning figure skater. And here's what the article was about. She said one of the most important things you can learn in figure skating is how to fall. And I read that and I went, that, that's crazy. But I read the article and it made total sense. She said, until you learn how to fall, you can't succeed, you can't, you can't win. And it wasn't metaphorical. She literally meant you have to learn what it feels like to be going down what to do when you feel your knees hit the ice. Until you learn how to do that, you, you will not succeed. And if you're going to succeed in life, you're going to have to learn how to rebound. I mentioned this morning, I think in our, in our adult class, but I mentioned this morning about how so many professional people will tell you that you cannot hope to succeed unless you are ready to fail because you will never succeed without first failing. Never. You may succeed in some particular endeavor without failing at it, but unless you are ready and prepared to fail in general, you're not ready to succeed. Uh, you've heard the story of Thomas Edison, when he was looking for the missing length to the light bulb. And I've heard all kinds of different numbers. I've heard a thousand times he failed. I've heard 10,000 times he failed. Whatever the number, it's a big number. Until he finally found the, the right material for, I think it was for that filament that lights up. And after he succeeded... Uh, someone asked him, well, let's go with the number 5,000. I don't know what the number is, but somebody asked him, man, it's kind of brutal that you had to fail 5,000 times to succeed one time. He said, I didn't fail 5,000 times. I succeeded at finding 5,000 things that won't work in order to find the one thing that will. And that's an illustration of what you're going to have to do if you're going to succeed in life. You're going to have to learn how to come back from failure, how to rebound. How to start over. There's so many applications we can make, but for the sake of time, I'm going to ask you to try to make your own application so I can get right to, hold your horses, the seven things in our text. And I think you'll see that they are there in black and white.
Who can teach us more about bouncing back from a fall and starting over than Adam and Eve can? Who can teach us more? So let's look at what they did, and we'll take it verse by verse. First of all, Genesis 3.20, And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Now, as, as I pointed out to you in the scripture reading, this occurs immediately after God curses the ground and before that, everything else. It doesn't even skip a beat. Now, in the real life scenario, there, there may have been some time to pass, but in the Bible narrative, it goes immediately from cursed is the ground for your sake to, well, the next thing that happened that we need to tell you, that I need to tell you about, God says, is that Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. First thing, if you're going to bounce back, whatever, whatever it is you're going to have to start over with or bounce back from, pick yourself up after failure, keep your family relationships strong. Determined to go through restarting or rebounding or recovering together. When, when you think this would be the time where Adam would look at Eve and say, you know, I'm not sure this is going to work out. <laughs> Maybe we just weren't meant for each other. You say, well, wait, but pastor, come on. They didn't have anybody else. And that really is the point. Because so many times when people fail, they immediately pull away from the people that they love and the people that love them, and they look for comfort in a stranger. And if only we would understand, no, you're not going to be loved by anybody else. A lot of times when you fail, and, you know, this could be all kinds of different failures. I'm not trying to zero in on moral failure. But so many times, and, and Adam and Eve failed together. But so many times when, when one person, let's, let's go husband and wife for a second, when one, of the, one spouse fails, they're so ashamed of themselves, whether they'll admit it or not, that they go looking for somebody who doesn't know how far, they ha how far they have fallen. So really what that is is a lie. You know you can't fool her because she knows what you, who you are, what you've done. So you're going to go find somebody that you can fool. I don't mean for this message to be about marriage and so forth, but I mean the illustration here is a husband and a wife, so very clearly applies to that. Stay close to the people that you love and that love you, even if the thing that you are rebounding in is an attack on that relationship. It's not time to be distant it's time to stay close. Keep your family relationships strong. It will be exceedingly difficult to do that. But keep your family relationships strong, determined to go through restarting together. 
Verse 21, unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. Now, they had already tried to clothe themselves with leaves. That was a human effort. God made them coats of skins. Where do, coat, where do skins come from? They come from animals. What do you have to do to make a coat of skin? You have to kill the animal. So this is the first blood sacrifice. We just read in Hebrews about the sacrifices of animals and how that was temporary. And it all pointed to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. But now God says, in order for our relationship to continue, I'm going to shed the blood of an innocent animal and I'm going to take his skins, their skins, and I'm going to clothe you. See, it was more than just clothing them and giving them clothes. It was the step that God had to take in order for him and man to be close to some degree. Now, God and man would never be as close as they were until Jesus died on the cross because that was permanent. These skins were temporary. But now here's the point about recovering. Number two, stay close to the Lord as you rebuild. Once again, we have a tendency to run from the Lord. Why? Because Satan tells us, you're such a failure, God doesn't want to see you. And that's, such, that's a lie. You are his child. He is your father. You say, yeah, but I've messed up for the 15 zillionth time. If you're still breathing, he is your father. You are his child. And he doesn't want you distant he wants you close to him. Stay close to the Lord as you rebuild. It is such a heartbreak to watch people make major mistakes and then run away from God. Stay close to the Lord. See, it was one thing for God to provide those skins. It was another thing for Adam and Eve to humble themselves, to repent and receive those coats of skins. What you find in every one of these seven examples here given to us is that Adam and Eve humbled themselves and played by God's rules. And they are to be commended for that. Verse 22. And the Lord God said, behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Now, you'll notice there that verse ends in a colon and he doesn't finish the statement. The statement is finished not with words, but with actions. But the point that is being made in the verse, God is saying that, all right, man is, is become like us in that now man knows good and evil. And lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Now, what does that mean? I remember reading that when I was, I don't know, maybe a teenager, maybe in my 20s. And reading that and going, wait a minute, what's going on there? Why couldn't he eat of the tree of life? And I didn't know the answer for a while. And I bet when... Adam and Eve first became aware that now you can't eat of the tree of life. They must have thought, why, why, why? So, number three, and I'm going to explain why in a second. 
Number three, embrace God's principles. Embrace God's principles. You want to recover. You want to make a comeback. You want to have a good godly restart. Embrace God's principles. Say, all right, Lord, I don't understand it all, but your rules are my rules. You want to show me how to do this? I accept it. They are mine. (laughs) You know, 25 years ago, a little less than that, we had a United States president that absolutely embarrassed himself before the entire nation. And he stood before the country and he said, I take full responsibility for my actions. And then he turned right around and didn't take responsibility for his actions because he thought that taking responsibility may meant saying some words, but it doesn't. If he had taken responsibility, he would not have turned around and fought the laws of the United States, which is what he did. He said, I take full responsibility for my actions. And then he, and he openly said, but, but I don't want to pay the penalty for my, for my transgression. That's not taking responsibility. Taking responsibility means you say, I failed, and whatever I got coming, I got coming. And that's what Adam and Eve did. They embraced God's principles. We don't understand why we can't have access to the tree of life. Can I tell you why it was an act of mercy that that God said, we cannot let them now partake of the tree of life? Because in their fallen condition, if they had, you understand where the tree of life is? You partake of the tree of life, you live forever. If they had partaken of the tree of life in their fallen condition, they would have been irredeemable. Their fallen condition was, would have been permanent. They could not have been saved, which means you and I could not have been saved. Well, praise the Lord for his mercy and saying, all right, we're going to put some angels down there to stand guard to make sure that they can't go and eat of the tree of life in their fallen condition. Those were God's principles. They didn't understand it, but they embraced it. Next, look at verse 23. Therefore, the Lord God sent them, uh, sent him forth from the Garden of Eden, sent Adam, meaning uh, from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. Well, wait, that was his original job to keep the garden. Now he's going out to to till the ground. It it has changed a little bit, but it's still the same basic job. As you're starting over, as you're picking yourself up from a fall, as you're rebounding from failure, continue to fulfill your life's purpose. Don't say, you know, it's just time to... uh, to give up. Now, what could Adam and Eve have done in giving up? I mean, they still had to eat. They couldn't go on some sort of a program where they would, you know, get a, a, a monthly check or anything. What else could they have done? Nothing. But the fact is, his God-given purpose was to take care of the ground. And now, he's going to continue taking care of the ground. They are to be commended. Because as they rebounded, he kept on fulfilling his God-given purpose. Look at verse 24. So he, God, drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims, angels, and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So now there's angels there. 
I suppose that if Adam and Eve had wanted to, they could have looked past the angels and seen where they used to live. And they could have spent a lot of time there saying, I don't know who you are, pal, but that's my home in there. And I don't know who you think you are to keep me out of my home. There's no indication that they did any of that. Number five, submit to God-given authorities. If you want to recover, you must be humble and submissive. And we're all in that position from time to time where we just say, all right, I accept what you say. I'm under, uh, I'm under your authority. You tell me what to do, and, and, and I will do it. It is, it is amazing, just in life in general, and, and the more that we have access to social media, the more we see this, how belligerent people are even after they have gotten themselves into major trouble. They're, they're still belligerent, and I should say we, because we have the same tendency. I, you know, I know I may have failed at this, but let me tell you something. I No, just humble yourself. Submit to authorities. The authorities in your life are of God. And let them help you recover. Chapter 4, verse 1. There's only two more. We're finished. Chapter 4, verse 1. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Now, I spoke about this recently. We don't have time to, to go into great detail. But this is Eve remembering the words that she and Adam heard during the curse about her seed crushing the head of the serpent. This is her remembering that. And by the way, they both heard that and observed it because Adam, in a previous verse that we read, said Eve is the mother of all living. So they embraced the hope. They embraced the hope of their offspring. So number six, keep your eyes on the future. Keep your eyes in the future. And that leads us to number seven, verse number two. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Now, the story of Cain and Abel is just a whole new story, set of principles. We won't go there tonight. But... Notice this. Instead of obsessing over their lost potential, they got wrapped up in their son's potential. And so that's number seven. Instead of obsessing over your lost potential, be consumed with your children's potential. This is where the generation that didn't go into Kanesh Bardia, a lot of them failed. Once it sunk in that God was not going to let them go in and take the land, they should have been consumed with the future of their children. And if they didn't have children, they should have been consumed with the future of the next, the next generation of their country. But they didn't. They kept on obsessing over what they forfeited. How did Adam and Eve not obsess over what they had forfeited? Maybe they did, but the Bible doesn't tell us that they did. But we know this. They became consumed with the success of their children. Have you ever considered, and, and I'll keep this brief, but have you ever considered the mindset of the soldier, the mindset of our founding fathers? 
who know they are going to die for the cause, but they make peace with that because there are those who come after him, they want them to live in freedom. That idea blows my mind. But there comes a point where we have to stop obsessing over, oh man, yeah, I, I made this mistake and now I'll never have this. And there are, there are folks, unfortunately, who just get so steeped in that. So steeped in, oh, what it'll never be, it'll never be, it'll never be. Okay, give it to God, forget about it, and think about what you could make happen for the next generation. And even though the Bible doesn't give us a lot of specific details about how Adam and Eve raised Cain and Abel, they clearly got wrapped up in their children. You say, yeah, but they failed with Cain. I don't know if that's on Adam and Eve or not. They certainly succeeded with Abel and then later with Seth. Because they didn't, well, what kind of parents would they have been if they obsessed over Eden every day? <laughs> okay, move on. Easy for me to say, right? I wasn't there. But maybe the ultimate example of move on. And they moved on. And as a result, they raised sons who loved the Lord and served him. Let me read them for you again and then we'll pray. Principles for starting over. Keep your family relationships strong, determined to go through restarting together. Secondly, stay close to the Lord as you rebuild. Thirdly, embrace God's principles. Number four, continue to fulfill your life's purpose. Number five, submit to God-given authorities. Don't become a punk or a rebel. Submit to authority. Number six, keep your eyes on the future. Number seven, instead of obsessing over your lost potential, be consumed with your children's potential. Now, look, if, if, if I were some sort of a psych, psychologist or psychiatrist, helping someone rebuild. Oh, there's so many more principles that can be added to that. But man, for a, a less than 30-minute message, that is a great bundle of principles to help you get going. Right from the ultimate illustration of rebuilding.